0: Generations Church exists to glorify God in our community, to make disciples of Jesus, and to multiply churches so that the next generation is equipped to glorify God better than we did. Welcome to the Generations Church podcast. We are in our series, and actually at the end of our series, called Guilt, Grace, and Gratitude, exploring the themes and the modern-day connections of the Heidelberg Catechism. Hello, everybody. My name is Rob Samuelson. I'm an elder at Generations Church, with me today, as always, and ending this series—I don't know how many weeks after it was started—is the uh, lead pastor and my friend Jeff Luddington. How you doing today, Jeff? It's a day of celebration. Are you are you ready to celebrate?
1: Man. season finale. I mean, like this <laughs> is this is it, man. This is the wrap up to the guilt, grace, and gratitude series. I just wanted to comment, man. We've been doing this for a while, and. And I hear you say, my friend, and my pastor, and and lead pastor, you forget how to to tell the people. Because this is a podcast, right? So they don't know. You forget to tell them how good looking I am. I mean, like it just, that doesn't really. I think that needs to be shared more. No.
0: Yeah. All um, right. So you don't you don't pay me enough for that, man.
1: I, let's renegotiate, right. and I'd be happy to tell people how attractive you are. Well, uh, if it's any help, I will double what I pay you. Um, so nice. <laughs> nice. Uh, Hey, so all kidding aside, as crazy as we may be, uh, this is the, the wrap-up to the Heidelberg Catechism study we've been doing through this podcast, and uh, yeah, you said I don't know how many weeks it's been. Man, it's been close to 60. Now, it should have been a clean 52. The Heidelberg Catechism is written in 52 Lord's Days or weeks, right? Lord's Day being a Sunday at the beginning of the week that we would study that for a week. Um, and if you're completely unfamiliar, just clicked on this and don't know what the Heidelberg Catechism is or not even what a catechism is, uh, this particular catechism, and a catechism is just a way of learning by memorizing questions and answers. And so, this particular way of learning is a 450 year old Christian um, catechism, uh, a, a system of learning and memorizing truth. And so, broken up in a 52 week's worth of study, The final uh, last several episodes are all about prayer, how we pray, what we pray, you know, what do we, what do we learn about that? And it has been a kind of a, a semi deep dive on the Lord's prayer. The disciples come to Jesus while he is here on earth and and training them about their faith. And they say, Lord, teach us to pray. And uh, he says this, profound prayer that has been repeated now for 2,000 years uh, called the Lord's Prayer. Most people are familiar with that. They've heard it somewhere. They memorized it as a kid. Um, But the final end of it is what we're going to look at, the final parts of that prayer, and that's going to be the final parts of our episode. And so today, there are three questions and answers that you would memorize if you were working through this traditionally. And we're going to break them up. Instead of doing all three at a time, we're going to do one at a time. And so I'm going to Want to launch off, man? I'm hang on. I got a Kleenex. Oh, I'm getting a little teared up, man. It's the last episode. I, I just I here, If I do this question, then there's only two questions left, and we're going to wrap it up today. So no. All right, all right. Question and answer one twenty seven There's 130 total, 129 total questions. Uh, this is the final three. So, what does the sixth petition mean?
0: And do not bring us. To the time of trial but rescue us from the evil one means by ourselves we are too weak to hold our own even for a moment and our sworn enemies the devil the world and our own flesh never stop attacking us and so lord uphold us and make us strong with the strength of your holy spirit so that we may not oops i lost my place you're moving things around me.
1: that was my fault so, <laughs> so <real>. sorry <laughs>
0: Uh, Let me, let me go back. So, and so Lord uphold us and make us strong with the strength of your Holy spirit so that we may not go down to defeat in this spiritual struggle, but may firmly resist our enemies until we finally win the complete victory.
1: So epic fail, my part, my fault, uh, full disclosure, uh, Rob and I, we, we have this shared document and pages. And as I was listening to Rob, uh, give us the answer to what does the sixth petition mean? I highlighted bolded and, and went to italicize and failed, but it was this line, man. We are too weak to hold our own even for a moment. And I just, uh, I just, man, I'll tell you exactly what went through my head. Um, uh, many of you who know me, if you listen, um, I, I fight for fun. is what I tell people, man, I, I'm a, I love martial arts. I love, um, Honestly, here's what I love, man. Most of the people that I will train with are half my age, and uh, I'm not a big guy. I'm five foot eight, you know, and uh, I could lose a couple pounds, but uh, I'm also 51 years old, and when I'm in the gym and in a, in a martial arts setting, people are half my age. They're 25, they're 30, they're whatever, and uh, I, I enjoy, call this ego pride, whatever, I enjoy being able to hold my own with the younger, bigger, stronger, faster guys. And and what that is, is I want to be so, um, I want to be technical so that I can overcome other people and, and power and strength and age and whatever. And this is a reminder that now we get out of the dojo, we get out of fighting, we get out into our faith here. And we are too weak to hold our own, even for a moment. And That's like, um, that's like me and an infant, right? I'm going to win every day of the week all the time because I am so much more powerful than an infant. Uh, you know, this, I have a, a puppy. I, we've rescued pit bulls and, and I have a big, strong hundred pound male pit bull. And then I have a little just turned four month old female pit bull that looks just like him, but tiny. And they, they play fight. Oh, they play all day long and, and do their thing and, um, Moose is restraining. My big one is Moose. He is restraining because the little one couldn't hold her own for a moment. And so all of these things collectively, as you were reading, I highlighted the shared document and instead of italicizing it, cut it out and I screwed you up and I apologize. But that line was just so powerful, right? What we had talked about earlier is the, the line and the next line is um, that our sworn enemies that devil the world are in our own flesh, right? those are the things that combat and fight against us is the devil, the world and our own flesh. So the devil, obviously Satan, spiritual evil, a spiritual enemy, the world, meaning the broken system we live in the broken planet we live on, right? My sin, your sin, the whole jacked up thing that we do. Right. And then our own flesh internally, we struggle, right? We struggle to do the right things. And, uh, So I want to partner those two things together. We are too weak to hold our own, even for a moment, against the devil, the world, and our own flesh. And that just, man, that's, uh, I apologize for making you lose your place, but I was just so struck by that line. Just hearing it come out of your mouth was powerful. Um, The verse we had planned on talking about, and we'll put this in the show notes if you're, you know, driving or walking or jogging or you don't have a Bible with you. We're going to post these in the notes below, but 1 Corinthians 10, 12 through 13 says this. Therefore, let anyone who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. That's that whole, don't do it in your own strength. Don't get arrogant. Understand it's not you, right? The next verse, verse 13. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your own ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide a way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Another translation, and I, I we use the ESV here. That's my preferred translation. Uh, But another translation actually, I think, captures this thought better. Um, Instead of a way of escape, it provides a way through. And um, I think that's more true to the original. Uh, uh, Provide a way through that you may be able to endure it, right? So not necessarily a way out. Um, An escape can be through it. Don't get me wrong. You can escape through. um, But really, a way through this so that you can endure. God will get you through The challenges, the hard times, the trials, the hardships, right? Our faith is built on the idea that I cannot hold my own even for a minute against Satan. He is Moose, my 100-pound pit bull. I am Ruby, my four-month-old scraggly little one. I can't hang, right? The world, the world will chew me up. The world is Moose. I am Ruby, right? And my own flesh even. Right. My own internal struggles that we all know we have. I can't even hold my own for a minute. I need to know that I don't stand on my own strength. Otherwise I'll fail. Right. That's the verse. That's verse 12. Don't let anyone think that he stands. uh, Take, uh, take heed lest he fall. Right. And then we need to know that temptation, trial, struggle is common to everyone. We all go through it. Nothing is new, but God is faithful. And when we're in the midst of whatever we're going through, God will help us endure. God will get us through to the other side. Right. And just good
0: thing we talked about forgiveness last week. I forgive you for messing me up. Thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) I feel compelled to do so because God has forgiven me so much. Uh, But you mentioned, you keep mentioning trials and temptations. And I noticed as we were uh, preparing for uh, this last podcast on this particular series, um, this version of the Lord's Prayer that's used in the catechism uses the phrase do not bring us to the time of trial instead of the more common lead us not to temptation and you've been using both of those and i just wanted to know if you can explain to everybody what's the difference between a trial and a temptation is there one is there one that you think is a, a better translation in this particular prayer
1: it's a great question and so let me let me answer a bigger question in order to do that uh, When we look at this, when we go through the Heidelberg Catechism and we say it's a 450-year-old Christian discipleship training document, if you will, um, understand 450 years ago, it was written in a language that is most closely associated with German today, right? It's kind of the forerunner to German. And so it was written there. There's a Latin version of this, which uh, that's because smart people back then also added Latin, right? Which... Two languages the, the, that we don't speak, and, and even German folks don't speak what it was written in. Uh, nobody speaks Latin uh, other than uh, people that think they're educated, right? Like, <laughs> and, and they're like, oh, it makes me sound smarter. And so, and I'm guilty of doing that. That's why I joke about it. Um, but then it's been translated into all the languages of the world. I don't know if it, all of them, but so many of the languages of the world, one being English. 450 years ago, you can imagine more of a King James English, right? You fast forward to, you know, the early, you know, 1800s or early 1900s. It's a different version of English. Now you fast forward to today, English has transformed once again. And uh, a great example, a simple example is the King James Version uses the word gay to mean happy. It's 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 an emotion people have. Today, no one thinks of that. They think of a sexual orientation, right? So language changes. And so this has been translated over and over again. So has the Bible. And so the Bible has been translated and updated. We use an updated version of the Bible in called the English Standard Version. It was written in the last, uh, just over the last decade, I guess it was, um, 10, 15 years. So language changes. And as we do that, so does the Lord's Prayer as we update into new language to uh, just even, you know, to challenge mm-hmm. that. And then there's two different prayers in the Gospels. That um, some places they're word for word, and in one place it leaves out a line. And So you're like, okay, this version is what you said. And so trial and temptation are the two words used here, right? Uh, and lead us not into temptation, right? But deliver us from evil is one version, right? And so this version in the catechism says, do not bring us into a time of trial. So how do the two square? Like how do we how do we get those? And uh, I would say this: both are 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 terms that uh, you would endure in hardship, right? Um, When we go through a time of trial, we are tempted towards leaning on our own strength, right? Uh, When we are in a hard time, uh, we are prone to make mistakes, prone to fall short. And so this is a um, rescue us. Let us not lean on our understanding. Let us recognize that you're our strength God. And so there's, you know, really to kind of summarize and give it a little, it's a, this is a little cliche, but I think this will work. Two options that we have under pressure, right? Pressure creates diamonds. Pressure also crushes things, right? And uh, you can imagine pressure like, you know, talked about 9-11 uh, before. And when the towers collapsed, pressure just, I mean, caused utter destruction, fire, pressure, crushing, all those things, right? That's, that's one option. And then somehow, and I don't know enough about geology or science to, to really say something smart about this, but pressure also, we know, causes, creates diamonds, right? That that pressure can create something beautiful. And so it can either eat you out, or it can create something beautiful. And the distinction here for us is with God, the time of trial or temptation can cause something better, without God, it'll just crush us, right? And James 1 says this, um, and this gets this gets super bumper stickery if you don't add this, the third and fourth verse, but count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. Um, nobody wants to hear when they're having a hard time, hey, count it all joy, right? But if you finish the thought, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and steadfastness is You know, that being resolute or firm, unwavering, right? That character trait. And let steadfastness have its full effect, James says, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So when we enter into a hard time, we're tempted to lean on our own strength, which will just result in us getting crushed. It's a trial, right? It's a time of us being able to either lean into God or lean into ourselves and fail. When we lean into God, that diamond image comes through, right? Right? Let it produce steadfastness, firmness, strength, character, right? Not our own, but our character in Christ. And so that's, I think the two are, are, are connected, interconnected and related. And so uh, t- trial or temptation, depending on which version you memorize, both have the result of the option of you getting crushed or you really being perfected in Christ. The next question says this, what does your conclusion to this prayer mean? for
0: the kingdom and the power and the glory are yours forever means we have made all these petitions of you because as our all-powerful king, you are both willing and able to give us all that is good. And because your holy name and not we ourselves should receive all the praise forever. And I think for me, as I, as I read this, um, and just this idea of, You know, just what we talked about at the beginning, that first question, uh, we are too weak to hold our own, even for a moment. Um, I think, I don't know if this is an American thing or this is a universal thing, but I know um, for myself and and for many of us, we love stories about underdogs. We love somebody overcoming the odds where there's very little chance that they are going to succeed. I think of the movie Rudy, um, just being a sports fan and, and loving that movie where a guy who really doesn't belong on a college football team not big enough, not fast enough, not strong enough, still through perseverance, through hard work, through heart, is able to to play in a game for Notre Dame. Um, The 1980 U.S. Olympic hockey team overcoming, you know, a bunch of college kids overcoming pretty much a professional team of the Soviet Union. Um, I I think about how much frustration, sorrow, pain um, can be avoided if we as Christians can lay down this idea of, you know, man, there's, I have a little opportunity, you know, that idea. So you're saying there's a chance Um, (laughs) we, we hold on tight to that and think I can do this. I can do this. Um, If we could just, I guess, I guess drop that attitude and recognize as the catechism teaches um, we need to rely on God, not go to God when everything else fails, uh, but Mm. go to God right at the beginning and just acknowledge, I need you for
1: everything. That's good. That's good. Yeah. I, Sometimes we get so, and this is a conversation for a different day that has profound implications, but we really do view things through an American lens. And I, I don't know if uh, the underdog story is, is you know, ubiquitous around the planet, but just, yeah, man, for sure. We, we love that story, um, that overcoming, um, it gives us hope, right? But all those things for us are, um, again... From a very American lens, our hope is always in um, our strength, our strength as a nation, our military strength, our ability to have a freedom um, to go out and work hard and gain, right? And, and that's – I mean that's the U.S. Olympic hockey, hockey team for that matter is work hard, right? And if all the cards fall in the right direction and you're working hard, you can be there in that right moment, Um you really, you know, it, but everything has to go your way, kind of thing. Um, but that's honestly, man, that's a bit of uh, a bit of moralism and a bit of deism, right? It's, it's a bit of us like I can manage my own salvation. We talk about, um, lead us not into temptation and deliver us from evil, we're talking about like supernaturally take us out of the things that are very natural for us to go into temptation, trial, pain, struggle. Right. Um, And so it's, it's a, um, it's a reminder, right. As it says, the kingdom, the power, the glory are yours, right. It takes us out of um, Rudy is an incredible character because he showed up every day. Like I love, um, is it, what was the coach's name? Is that it? Parcigian? Yeah. Okay. He, he looks at it, He looks at the rest of the super gifted, talented athletes. And he says, I wish you had a fraction of the heart Rudy has, right? He didn't have any of your skills and yet he shows up, man. He plays from whistle to whistle at a full time. I wish you had that kind of heart. Well, they have all the skill, right? We tend to be those people that think, you know, that the skill will get us through and, and, and the catechism is teaching us that there is nothing we can contribute, right? We are powerless. Uh, we don't have, uh, a chance. We're too weak to hold our own, even for a moment, as it says earlier. And so the theme, the entire theme of the Lord's prayer is that all of our life is dependent upon Jesus, right? Last week, you know, you had the kind of the call back to forgiveness last week. Um, man, forgiveness for us to be forgiving, is God's forgiveness working itself out inside of us? And so everything is His the breath that we breathe, the job that we have, the skills that we have. If anybody, it's not if, if anybody listens to this that it's God. It's the fact that we can even do this, right? That we even have an answer to anything is because of Christ. And so then if that is to be sent out via the internet and a podcast and someone else is to gain from it, believe you me it's not because either one of us are any good it, it is it is divine and so let us not think we do things in our own strength but the power the glory the kingdom forever it's all God's all that takes place any that's good it's God's and so it takes all that concept it takes all that bringing glory to God God's kingdom here on earth our provision our daily bread our forgiveness our even existence that we that we will survive, a trial that we endure and, and we pray, don't lead us into those, but, but really keep us in your hand. It all culminates in this, everything is yours, God, and then this little tiny word, amen, right? And so the, the final question of the Heidelberg Catechism. <laughs> oh, okay, so I'm, okay, I'm, I'm going to make it. I'm, okay. I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to cry. Okay, so <laughs> this final question, question and answer 129, what does that little word amen express?
0: Amen means this shall truly and surely be. It is even more sure that God listens to my prayer than that. I really desire what I pray for. Hmm. I think just these men, these last two questions just um, wrap up this prayer really nicely. And the reason that we pray, we think about, you know, God having the glory and the power. And I, I think um, it, it reminds me of a, a quote I read one time from Michael Horton. We've talked about him before, but someone had asked him, um, why bother praying if God is is sovereign? And His response is, "Why pray if He isn't?" Yeah. I guess that's that reflection of who God is
1: and and why we lift up our prayers to Him. Yeah, if God wasn't sovereign and couldn't fix the problem we have or or provide for the need we have or forgive our sins, then then prayer would be kind of dumb. You know, it'd be kind of it'd be kind of pointless. And so, um, Amen. Uh, literally translate modern day vernacular. So be it you know, let it be, you know, that, okay, now that, now I sound like a beetle, but, um, so, uh, yeah, man, it, it, that it will come true. It's a statement affirmation of, I trust in you, God, right? You are sovereign. You're the one I pray to because you're the answer. And so there's this encouragement slash admonition in James, um, is talking about, man, don't make, don't swear and make promises you don't have the power to keep. But he says something really powerful in James 5:12. He says let your yes be yes and your no be no, right? That, that that's the you know let your yes be yes when you when someone asks you a question, oh I swear I will do it. Well like why are you swearing? Like if your yes is a good yes, let your yes be yes. If you can't let your no be no, right? In the same way, let our amen, our I believe I trust in you, so be it, God. Let that be an amen. Let that button up our engagement with our struggle, our engagement with our shame, our engagement with our need. Let us just say the words, amen, meaning God, everything we just talked about, everything you've shown me, everything I've handed off to you, my confessions to you, my needs to you, my desires to you. God, so be it. I trust you with it. And let us kind of, let that be kind of putting a period at the end, put a pin in it, like just we're letting it go. Let our prayers be the way we ultimately trust God with everything. And when we say amen, like I have this image in my head, I pray in my living room in these two chairs that we have kind of facing our fireplace every morning, I pray right there. When I say amen, let me take all those concerns, all those worries, all those cares, all those needs, and let me just leave them there. Let them just... Kind of go with God. And as I walk away, I walk away from those needs. I walk away from that guilt. I walk away from that shame. Uh, I walk away from my my fear of the day or my need for the day or my stress. I leave it all with God. Let it be so. Amen.
0: Nice. Yeah, nice way to, to end that. I think it makes us think a little bit more. Most of us say amen at the end of a prayer without thinking about it. It's just what we mm-hmm. do, like the end at the end. Um, but yeah, just something to, to think about and to close out with, uh, to finish our series. I've got this, this, um, incredible mental picture. Now I can't get rid of, of you wrestling an infant and then trying to get the infant to tap out, but man, I hope I win it. I, I, <laughs> I hope so, man. I hope so. But yeah, just a, a great way to end and think about, um, you know, there, there's no reason why when you get to the end of the, the catechism that you can't go back and start over. And I think it's a great way to train um, a child in the way they should go. It's a great way to help a new disciple if you're discipling someone. Um, yeah, go back, listen to these again. I want to thank you for listening. And for those of you that listened all the way through all 60 episodes or whatever they were, um, right. treat yourself to something nice today. Take a spa day, do something. <laughs> go get yourself a, an extra large Slurpee. Um,
1: do go, something. Go, Celebrate. go tap somebody out in the gym. That's go <laughs> tap somebody out in the gym.
0: Hey, gentlemen, man!
1: You can't say what you always say. You can't say we release a new episode of Guilt, Grace, and Gratitude every Tuesday. There's no Guilt, Grace, and Gratitude next Tuesday. So let, let me do this. Let me, and I hope I, I succeed at doing your job. Um, <laughs> next Tuesday, uh, we will have something new for you, and I don't have a flashy title for it yet. Um, but our heart has been to take questions that people have about their faith and to begin to ask questions people ask today, root them deeply in Scripture. And so whatever that may be, next Tuesday, brand new series. And uh, Rob will be back joining me. Uh, he, is, he is faithful, man. He'll be back. And so let me do this. If you are wrapping up this guilt, grace, and gratitude series with us, and you're podcasting, wherever you podcast, Apple Podcasts or you know, any other, you know, Spotify, anything you do, Man, would you share us with other people? Would you put us out on social media if you like that? If you've, if you've enjoyed this series, go back and listen to it from the beginning if you've missed some. And join us next week. And if you have questions, man, find us on social media. Uh, let us know, man. We want to take things that are relevant and pressing and necessary today, and we want to talk about them. And so we want to look at what Scripture has to say about things that we struggle with today. So I'm going to—I've never done this. And so I'm going to button it up with, hey, thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for being here. And uh, please share that with others and send us your questions. We want to answer them. God bless you guys. For more information, visit our website
0: at ginfamily.church. G-E-N, family.church. You can also follow our social media accounts at Church.